And each of us this morning, if we have put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we put our trust in him because God called us and he called us individually. But throughout the Bible, we are taught not to be independent. We come to Christ individually, but not to be independent, but interdependent. That we need others. Our growth is a community project. We, didn't, we don't just grow in our salvation just on our own. We grow in, in community. But the Bible also teaches us that we need help from God and that he will provide that help. Whether we realise it or not this morning, we need God's help. We are utterly dependent upon God for the sustaining of life. And for the Christian, there is a deeper help that we can receive from God. So this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 121. This psalm causes us to look to God for help and assures us us of that help. So would you turn to Psalm 121? I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep you going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. In your Bible, you've probably got at the top of this, this, um, this psalm a heading, A Song of Ascents, A Song of Ascents. It's one of a number of songs that the, the Israelites, the children of God, would, would sing on their way to a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Three times a year they were to gather in Jerusalem, the Passover feast, the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of Tabernacles. Jerusalem is some about 2,500 feet above sea level, but it was surrounded by hills and mountains higher, much higher than Jerusalem. And on this journey, they would pass through large uninhabited places where there'd be no shade. They would walk through dark and shadowy valleys, valleys where, uh, places where robbers and criminals would hide ready to pounce. They would walk on rocky mountain paths that could cause them to stumble and fall down the mountainsides and perish. And in this context, in this context with all that was going on around them, they would sing this song, reminding themselves and assuring themselves of God's help and care for them. Can you imagine as they are, they are traversing these rocky, rocky roads, etc., you imagine somebody starting off a song. They started off the song, um, I will lift my hands to the hills, then somebody else says, where does my help come from? I asked Angie to do this, but she... <laughs> you imagine, you know, like those American soldiers, you know, they sing one verse and then one line, another line. My help comes from the Lord. And then more join in. He who made heaven and earth, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. This is the song that they were singing, referencing the rocks that would cause them to lose their footing. When they're speaking of God not slumbering, they're probably thinking of Elijah's taunts of the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel because he said, maybe you're the prophets of Baal, God, and maybe he's sleeping. 
And on they go with this song declaring the helping, keeping, protecting and preserving hand of God. I've entitled the message this morning a song of assurance, but in brackets, a parable for life. This pilgrimage that they are on is a parable of a picture of our pilgrimage through life. As they were on their journey to Jerusalem, so we are on a journey to the new Jerusalem, the heavenly city of God that Nick read about this morning, that heavenly city coming down to meet the bride, the new Jerusalem. We are on a pilgrimage. We're on a pilgrimage. This is not our home. This is why this is a parable for our lives. As we journey to the new Jerusalem, let us sing and declare with our brothers and sisters of the past that God is guiding our steps. He is sovereign over all creation and that every moment of our lives is to be lived under God's loving help. And this morning I just want to answer three questions from this psalm. Very simply, where does my help come from? How does God help us? Who does God help? Where does my help come from? Where does our help come from? The answer, it comes from the Lord. And you notice in this scripture, it comes from the Lord and it's in capital letters. It's the personal name of God, Yahweh. It's Yahweh. It's Yahweh we look to. Yahweh helps us. It is the Lord, it is Yahweh who made heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord, Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. Our help comes from the one who has created all things. We come to the one who created all things, even today, through creativity of man, because man is made women in the image of God, we're able to create, but it's God who is ultimately the creator of all things. Our help comes from the one who's created all things, the Lord, our Father, our Father. Yes, he's Yahweh. Yes, he's the great creator. God who has the power to create, who does create, to raise Jesus Christ from the dead, is your Father. He's my Father. He's your helper. He's my helper. I guess the mountains, when the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the hills, I guess the mountains, the hills, reminded them of the majesty and greatness of God in his creation. If you've been fortunate enough, and I believe somebody's going to Switzerland in a week or so's time, but if you're fortunate enough to go to Switzerland or where you've seen high mountains, there's a, there's a majestic aspect to it. It is incredible. You just stand in awe. I remember we were on holiday once and we, we were travelling in, well, we were still in France at the time, we came round a bend in the road and there before us was, was this huge mountain top with snow, even in the summer. And it was, it was just awe-inspiring. And I guess this probably reminded them of the, 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 the greatness of God and of his creation. But it would also reminded them of the various pagan gods that were built on the mountaintops around Jerusalem, upon these hills. There would be pagan gods that would be there. The various gods of the pagans would look for their protection. The sun god, protecting them from harmful effects of the sun. The moon god, from the effects of the moon, lunacy. And other gods for travelling and life protection. 
So when the psalmist in verses 1 and says, says he sees the mountains, he looks not for help to the created things, but to the God who created them. question for us is how much do we look for help to the created things of this world rather than the one who's created all things? It is the Lord, the God of creation, we look to. Not to anyone or anything else, but it is God who has promised to be our helper. And it is through the trials that our, our faith is refined. It's through the trouble that we experience that we can draw closer to God and we learn of him. 1 Peter 1 verse 6 and 7, we read there that we're not exempt from trouble. But trouble and things that will happen in this lifetime will refine our faith. In my own life, when I look to, to him, I find the trial doesn't necessarily disappear. But the effect of the trial, the anxiety that it may be bringing is dealt with, and I find a peace in God. I find a perspective. I preach the gospel to myself and find a peace in him. But the sad thing is, although I do experience that, that all too often, although I know this to be true, and I've experienced those times, I will look to somewhere else and continue in unrest. But when we look to him, when we look to Jesus, when we look to God, when we look to our helper, we can find peace and rest. The psalmist says, God never sleeps or slumbers. There's no catnapping with God, no power napping with God. He is alert all the time, ensuring that our foot will not be moved. This speaks of God keeping us on this pilgrimage, our feet not moving from the path as we head for the new Jerusalem. He gives us the stability to live no matter what the situation. As God's creatures, we all need sleep. We need rest. But God is the creator. He never sleeps. One of the things I find I often in, in my devotions in the morning will remind myself, Lord, you've not slept while I've slept. Because you're the creator and I'm the creature. Reminds me of the difference that he is. He is helping and protecting us day and night, even when we are asleep. God stays up all night, every night, watching over us. He never gets tired and he never needs a break. So secondly, how does God help us? In this psalm, we see God's help coming to us, keeping us, protecting and preserving he is our keeper. Verses 3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Verse 4. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. Verse 5. The Lord, in verse 7, shall keep you from evil. Verse 8. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in for this time and forevermore. The psalmist here is emphasizing that in all areas of life, God will keep us. God will protect us and God will preserve our soul. Our God, Yahweh, alone the omnipotent one, is the keeper and the preserver of his people. He is your shade on your right hand. Shade brings protection from the burning heat. Now we've recently seen the effects, haven't we, in our world of burning heat. We've seen the effect that the sun could do. We long 
to see some sun. Wow, we've got a sun, a day where it's sun, sun shining in this country. But around our world, the sun has caused so many problems. But also the sun can speak to us when he speaks. Psalmist says, uh, the shade on your right hand, the sun should not strike you by day. It's the effect, the heat of life. The heat of life that comes on. So often our sin is, is caused because we, the heat reveals, puts pressure on us and we don't know how to deal with it. And so therefore sin comes and flows from that. It's the heat of life. But he says the effects of the sun, because his sunstroke as a journey will not lead you into serious injury or death. And the effect of that heat, we can depend, we can look to God for help. God will not allow anything to destroy our souls. That spiritual life awakened in us by the new birth. Goes on to say, nor the moon by night. Mental health. We can look to God for strength and mental health. In the cloudless skies of the east where the moon shines so clear, people have been known to experience the effects upon their bodies as well as their minds. Hence we get the term lunacy, the moon, the lunar, the lunatic. Well, we can look to God. We can look to God to help us in those times. Overall, the psalmist is saying, day and night, 24 hours a day, we can know the keeping, protecting care of God over our souls, over our lives. Verse 7 says, The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Now, this is sometimes a text that people have struggled with. He will keep your life. Does that mean I won't die? Does that mean I won't get sick? No harm. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He'll keep you. This is better translated and better understood by saying the Lord will keep you from all harm and he will keep your soul. If you look at the translation of this word, life in this, in this, uh, in this psalm, it actually means soul. As Spurgeon says about this, this verse, if the soul is kept, all is kept. And ultimately, what is important is it's our soul. We place so much emphasis on our physical and the physical realm that we live in. Of course we do. But it's our soul that the Lord will keep from all harm. We're not promised that things won't happen in our lives. As, as again, referring back to uh, 1 Peter 6. We will experience but what is ultimately important is that our souls are kept. All too often we turn these promises in things to do with this life, our possessions, our bodies, our relationships. They're given by God in this, for this age. But God, I believe, is primarily concerned about our souls. That which will live on in the age to come. We don't take our possessions with us when we die. We don't even take our relationships with us. We may meet some there, but we don't take them with us. It is something we do alone. And we don't take our bodies. There will come a time when we will get resurrected bodies, but it's our souls that will enter into the presence of God. Spurgeon again, referring to God keeping our souls, says, what can harm a soul that is kept to the Lord? Nothing can harm a soul. It's kept by God, nothing can harm it. So God will not only keep us and protect us, he will preserve us. Verse 8 says, The Lord will keep your going out 
and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is where we see the eternal application of this psalm. He will preserve our souls. And he says, from this time forth and forevermore. It's in this life and it's in the age to come. He will preserve our souls, both in time and eternity. From the time we started as babies, we all started there in this life, through death, and go to be with him. He keeps our souls. Spurgeon says the whole church is thus assured of everlasting security. The final perseverance of the saints is thus ensured, and the glorious immortality of believers is guaranteed. The soul, we can be sure of everlasting security. The final perseverance of the saints is thus ensured. Yes, there'll come a time when we will, when Jesus returns, we will receive our resurrected bodies. But we can be sure of this, that our souls are being kept. Kept now and right through eternity. Those who are the Lord's can be assured of their safety. I just want to read from Romans. Familiar scriptures. Romans 8. Romans 8, 38, 39. But I am sure, this is Paul writing to the Romans, I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's pretty conclusive, isn't it? Can you think of anything that's not included? <laughs> there isn't anything. Nothing, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And of course, Paul understood that after the cross, but the psalmist understood that before the cross. So will there be trials and troubles in, in life for the Christian? Yes. Dangers and trials are not removed, but we are protected from their effect upon our soul. In the pres pers preservation of our souls, God will bring us safely through our earthly pilgrimage with our faith and our souls intact. See, if you just want comfort for this life, then go to the hills. Go to the created things. Go to the things of this world the values of this present age. But if you want your soul preserved and an eternity that will be glorious, then go to the Lord and seek his help to give you rest, to give you peace, be free from anxiety. One day for all those who are the Lord's, all those looking to God, troubles will cease, as Nick read this morning from, from Revelation. Troubles will cease. No more, no more tears. Eternal rest and peace will be ours. And when we see Jesus, we will be like him. So simply the last question I want to be briefly answered from this psalm. Who will God help? We can read this psalm and assume that we all will have our souls kept. That when we die, we will spend eternity with God. But in verse 4, we read that these promises are only for one group of people. Behold, he who keeps Israel. He who keeps 
Israel. We see in the New Testament that all those who put their trust in Christ are considered the new Israel. This psalm is appropriate for all those who are in Christ. This is for all those who believe in Jesus Christ as God in human form, who lived amongst us a sinless life, went to a cruel cross, suffered at the hands of the Roman soldiers, was abandoned by God on the cross as he drunk the cup of God's wrath in our place completely dry so that God was fully satisfied for the penalty of sin. If we believe and trust, not just head knowledge, but we trust in the personal work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, then you can trust in the promises of this psalm that no harm will come to your life, your soul. For those who believe and are counted as spiritual Israel and are not ethnic Israel, you can find assurance in this psalm, both for your life now and forevermore. The Lord will be your keeper, your protector and preserver. Let's not look to creation, the things of this world for our help. Primarily, there are things to be helped, of course there are, but not primarily, not for our peace and our well-being, but look to the one who created all things. There is another hill, though, we can look to. Just thinking about this. There is one hill we can look to. It's called Calvary. We can look to Calvary. We look to Calvary and there we see Christ crucified on our behalf. If you want to look to any hill, look there. Look to that hill. Do you need help? I do. Where do you look for help? Very often I don't look to help for God, but that's where I want to. I want to put my confidence and I trust always in that. When the psalmist lifted up his eyes to the hills and asked, from where does my help come from? He answered, my help comes from the Lord, not from the hills, but from God who made the hills. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So he reminded himself of two great truths. One is that God is a mighty creator over all the problems of life, and the other is that God never sleeps. He will keep you. He will not slumber. Jesus says in Matthew 10, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. It's the soul that is our primary concern. The evil in this world today can harm us this side of eternity but it can only do so much harm. Satan can make months, years or even decades miserable to us but his reign is short and eternity is long. We spent a long time in eternity. But our souls are perfectly and perpetually safe. It will keep your life, the life that matters most, the most satisfying and meaningful life, the one that lasts forever from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for giving us this wonderful song of assurance. We see this song as a parable of life as we've walked through life with the obstacles and the challenges that are in our way, like those rocks and those things that are 
in the way of them crossing the mountain paths. Lord, as we experience the heat of life, that so often provokes us into sinful reactions, the, the moon speaks of holding our minds carefully before you, not filling our minds with stuff that doesn't help. Lord, thank you that you're both our protector and our keeper. You'll protect us and you will keep us and you will see us all the way on this pilgrimage that we experience. This is not our home. It's our heavenly home. So Lord, would you grant us grace? Would you grant us grace that we would constantly remind ourselves when we go through times of need to look to you for our help? To have you front and centre, as it were, in our, in our thinking as we walk through the challenges of life. Knowing, Lord, that you will keep our souls. You will keep our heart, lives. No harm will come to our souls. You are our God. You are our Father. We are your sons and daughters. And you will keep us and you will protect us. Amen.